Welcome to Keeping Score. I'm Rick Haro. Each week we bring you insights from the playmakers, dealmakers, and rule makers in the world of sports. I'll give you my take on some of the items of the week using my 30 years of experience doing deals for teams, leagues, and players. Plus, we'll talk with a central figure in the sports world. The views expressed in this podcast are my own and do not represent the views of Reuters. Let's get started. Sports Professor Rick Harrow, and we're keeping score. Big, big month in baseball, basketball, football, hockey, soccer, cricket, everywhere sports is played. It gets even bigger, so let's get right to it. Deal-making issues in sports, three to one. Number three, as the postseason intensifies, baseball talks about its declining attendance, about 68.5 million people, but they make it up in other ways. 1.19 million ballpark pass tickets sold, new single season mark, unique purchasers up 49%, the at-bat app, which is really popular, an 18% increase in app starts over last year. Participants in a new game select winners and then answer World Series related questions. And the bottom line is they're eligible for a $250,000 grand prize. It's called the MLB Bracket Challenge, and it's amassed more than 500,000 entries, by far a record for MLB. That's number three. Number two, William Hill inks a new partnership with the NBA and Monumental Sports. The talk is about revenues and royalty for intellectual property, and it also includes Monumental Sports and Entertainment, the owner of Capital One Arena, home to the Wizards, the Capitals, the Mystics, and executives from both companies said they hope to turn the arena into an all-purpose sports betting complex where fans can place wagers on their phones while watching from the stands or stop over to site formerly occupied by Green Turtle Bar. The sports book expected to open as soon as 2020, depending on regulatory approval. And that's number two. Number one, rising number of major sporting events available by a streaming set to drive the revenue for global broadcast rights beyond $85 billion by the end of 2024, according to a new Rethink TV report. The report talks about a $48.6 billion current sports rights number, but increasing by 75% over the next five years as consumers choose, as they call it, direct-to-consumer content. The Rethink TV report also claims rights growth could also galvanize the popularity of smaller sports properties, as well as maintain strong returns for major rights holders. Among the world's lucrative sports properties, the price of soccer rights is expected to swell from $12.8 billion to $31.9 billion in the same period, primarily due to greater viewership of Europe's top leagues in Asia and North America. This report cites Amazon as the most significant game changer in the field today, noting its acquisition of rights to Thursday night NFL games and a selection of 2019 and 2020 English Premier League fixtures and multiple tennis rights. That's number one. Big month in sports and big month in tech, and the way to merge the two together is the power of sports and uh, tech from Indianapolis. The Group 1001 Indy Women in Tech Championship 
was one of the premier stops on the PGA Tour. The best golfers in the world fought it out of the Brickyard Crossing, a $2 million purse on the line and off the course. A full week of events made the most of this community-centered event. The week began with the Iwit Summit, where the leaders from the golf, business, and tech worlds came together to discuss the benefits of inclusivity and diversity in their industries. And, by the way, Indianapolis a spotlight this week as the Colts with a major upset of the Chiefs in Kansas City. Well, that's on the field. How about off the field? The Indy Women in Tech Summit, 600 tech leaders in the community. The Women in Tech offering was a big deal. Established technology companies considering Indiana as their home and entrepreneurs looking to start their next venture. At the IWIT Summit, the leaders, middle managers, and individual contributors with thought-provoking conversation from relatable speakers and activities and the understanding that self-advocacy, critical to career programs, meaningful contribution, and job satisfaction. A great example of linking a LPGA tournament with an event that'll be a sustaining legacy in Indy for years to come. Abby Werner, the Iwit Summit co-chair, she's the VP of operations for the Brookfield Group, a business telephone systems and data solutions company. But that's not what she talks about. She talks about sports and its power to bring people together, but its power also to showcase events that might not other re- otherwise receive the significant attention as this event does. So let's hear from Abby Warner. Rick Harrell, again at the Women in Tech Summit, the overview of one of the most unique events uh, anywhere in sports. People have amazing sporting events like golf tournaments, and people have incredible um, summit events, but n- nobody that I know has both of them. And one of the co-chairs of this event, an organizer, Abby Abby Warner, uh, who also is vice president of operations for the Brookfield Group. Um, that's one hat you wear. Yep. Thank you for being here. Of course, of course. Put, Thanks for having me. Put your, put, put your other hat on, and let's talk about the the, the summit. The yeah. summit that's happening, empowerment, mm-hmm. all of the goals and objectives of this event. I know it's long time planning. We've had it for, for a number of years, so yep. talk a little bit about it. Yeah, so this is our third year. Um, we basically started um, with the objective of, like, we've got to do something, right? Yeah. We need to bring women. We've got to start the conversation. And I, in the three years that I've been involved, um, it has grown year over year. I think we had around 300 attendees the first year. We were up to 450 last year. Now we're at 600. Um, and we're going to expand past the capacity of our of our room here shortly. So it's been exciting. Get a bigger room. That's okay. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're here, by the way, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. The uh, conference was held just down uh, 500 yards from here. Uh, Mark Miles and his people, they'll find a room. There, yes. There's not, there's yes. not going to be an yes. issue about that. But as far as the message that this event sends, Mm -hmm. it is really who's who in the Indiana tech world, but it's also who's who in diversity and inclusion. So talk a little bit about the people that are here. Yeah, so we invite tech leaders from all over Indiana, basically. Um, This year we did a little bit of a shift in who we invited, um, spreading out not just the senior level leaders, but also adding in some mid-level managers and such as well. Um, But we asked each of the invitees to bring a high performer from their team because one of the most important things um, is that this conversation be not just happen at the senior level, right? It has to be carried down through the entire organization. And, you know, I mean, 
diversity is by far one of the most important things when you're building a team. And, and, and one of the things that's very clear in the mandate of the conference, and you look at all the wording, it's the diversity and inclusion, mm -hmm. but for the entrepreneurs, for middle managers, mm -hmm. for the entire, as you said, the team. So it provides some very important goals and objectives, but also it defines the audience of who ought to be listening to the messages yes. as well. Yes, yes, definitely. And our goal this year was really to, to bring back some actionable takeaways for the attendees. So one of our speakers, Julie Lyle, um, you know, she has a thing called You Inc., right? And it's about writing the business plan for yourself, writing the business plan for your own career development. And that's that's important is for, you know, women coming out of college or, you know, maybe just getting started in their career, even halfway through, you gotta think, you gotta think, you know, about the long term objective of what you're trying to achieve. Well and your story is kind of interesting, obviously very interesting. Brookfield Group is a business telephone systems and data solutions company, I'm told, understand, and you've been involved, clearly your VP of operations, so so risen that ladder, mm -hmm. but you've been involved in this event for a while. Mm -hmm. How personally have you gotten involved and what's the story of uh, rising to co-chair of this event? Uh, so it's kind of funny because the um, first co-chair um, or the first chair of the event was a female by the name of M.T. Ray, and her and I are friends. And um, there were several of us women leaders in the community, in the tech community, and she said, hey, let's just start a, a morning coffee. Get together. There's, we all are passionate about similar things. Um, we all believe that women need a stronger voice, that we need to encourage women throughout their careers and to invite more women in. And so it started with coffee. Um, after our first meeting, she happened to run into uh, former Mayor Greg Ballard mm -hmm. uh, over dinner, and uh, he said, "Hey, we're, you know, we're going to start this foundation. I'd love for you to be a part of it. It's called Any Women in Tech." And she said, "Huh? Funny you say that, because mm -hmm. two weeks ago we had coffee with I had coffee with some wonderful, you know, top performers in the community." And so the next next month when we got together, she um, said. So here's what we're going to do. And so I think there were uh, 10 of us at the time. We sought out to begin the planning of the first event. Um, and then in year two, MT and I co-chaired together. And then this year, sort of MT rolled off after her second year, and uh, I stepped in. And as we looked at you know, just the trajectory of the event and as we think about the three years that we're here, um, it is a it's about diversity, right? It's not just a women's conference. Yeah. It's important that men are included in this conversation. So um, we diversified the co-chair with David Kerr, who was my co-chair this year. Um, we diversified our planning committee. We invited some men in and, and people of color and different different backgrounds um, outside of kind of the, the friend and, and social you know networking group that we had. Um, and I think it, I think it worked, honestly. I mean, our, our numbers were up. We had more men in the room this year than what we had last year. Um, so it was good. And it's not over. I mean, but you know, part of the benefit of creating something like this is it's sustainable mm -hmm. and there's a legacy attached to it. Mm -hmm. So talk about the future a little bit. So talk about the future. So we um, have a couple of things uh, in the works, right? We have uh, uh, some coffee talks that we're going to be rolling out. Um, as well as some ongoing communication mm -hmm. to attendees and such. Um, and then when we think about next year, uh, right around the corner in May, we don't have a final date yet, yeah. but 
uh, May of 2020 is when the next summit will be held. Yes, and it'll be a big deal because yeah. one of the things that happens with this kind of event, I think, especially in a town like Indianapolis, is that the golf tournament is great, but then that provides the platform to sustain mm -hmm. and to grow and to thrive. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it's not... It's funny because we, I look at tech, right? I look at it from a tech lens, um, but it's not just tech. It's Indianapolis as a whole. Our community is welcoming and encouraging of each other um, at a level that isn't the same. Last night I was having dinner with uh, one of the keynote speakers who is from the West Coast, and she said, you don't have the same level of connection um, amongst you know the different companies. It's it's there's so much competition that exists out there. Um, so, yeah, as we look at you know the future and where we're going, I think it's going to be a, a great a great move for us. Why is Indianapolis so special? And by that I mean those of us who are students of the history of sports around the country understand Lily and the Hoosier Dome and the Colts mm -hmm. and Pan Am Games and the Super Bowl. But this has been known as the as the uh, amateur sports capital of the world. But right. it's gotten so much bigger, and everybody that knows Indianapolis thinks of it as a community that can galvanize for the greater good. Mm -hmm. Talk about that. <laughs> um. Uh, so. Oh, I don't even know what to say. Well, um, but 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 no. When you think about how Indianapolis. Uh, and it may be hard because you live here and you don't realize how special it is, but yet when you get together and you realize that you want to put something together structurally, Dan Towers comes along and then you yeah, have an event yeah, yeah. and then you get to the next step and the next step. And there's been a history of amateur sports and Super Bowl attraction that makes it easier. 100%. 100%. So um, the interesting thing, I think, about Indianapolis and as we – I heard someone say last year on the local organizing committee that – no other city that a company like the or, you know like the LP, LPGA goes to or NBA, NFL, whatever it may be, they do they pull together representatives from throughout the community and create a local organizing committee to really focus in on the different items that have to be accomplished to make it a successful event. So I mean, it, it is. Um, I would say we are one of probably the most networked and supportive communities that exist. So let's look to the crystal ball for a second. As the golf tournament has created this legacy and as you have the 2021, the NBA All-Star Game, and you apply for Super Bowls again and, mm -hmm. and all of the facilities that have been created, sports has been a tool of economic development. It's really kind of a trade show that brings now the tech community together. So where does that all go in the next few years? Moving in the right direction? Yeah, I think we're definitely moving in the right direction. Um, I see us continuing to bid for events, like you said, Super Bowl, um, you know, continued basketball events and so on and so forth. Um, I don't see that changing. Um, but, I mean, honestly, the tech community is here to support it. Um, we whether it be sponsorships or events hosted, um, we congregate to these types of these types of things. So, every community needs somebody like Abby Warner, Warner uh, co-chair <laughs> of the event here, and look out because Indianapolis will continue to survive and thrive. Thank you very much. Yes, thank Appreciate you. It.
The event's been an unmitigated success in Indianapolis with a model that certainly can traverse the country. How about the top tech minute of the week? Well, the numbers on MLB, as we've talked about, have been a little lower in the park, but they've increased in a number of other ways. 13 games with YouTube and its season-long streaming deal. The average number of views was 1.2 million. The total average minute across the games was 130,000. The peak, about 171,000. Season high for YouTube and MLB's partnership was the August 7 meeting of the Cardinals and the Dodgers. And it seems that if given more primetime windows, YouTube streamed games have the potential to match numbers from MLB Network in the near future. An important business tactic to appeal to a younger crowd. From a global perspective, the audio broadcast company TuneIn has launched a 24-7 sports betting channel, the BetR Network. Advanced Television says listeners of the new network can tap their TuneIn app or ask their smart speaker to experience the BetR Network, which features select content from Vegas Stats and Information Network and SB Nation Radio Network. The BetR Network lineup includes Brent Musburger and his show, Follow the Money with Mitch Moss, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And after Venn became the first 24-7 broadcast platform for eSports, sports betting didn't take long to follow suit. With its own betting platform to provide valuable insights into the more commonplace hobby, sports betting. That's your Sports Tech Minutes. Well, how about Power of Sports this week and the Power of Sports Minute? WWE superstar John Cena announced plans for his veterans charity. Cena appeared on the Ellen DeGeneres show to call on others to donate to Fit Ops, pledging to match all donations from now through Veterans Day, November 11, up to a million dollars. Fit Op is a foundation that helps military veterans find stability, success, and community through fitness. The organization helps veterans achieve personal trainer certification, creating a path in life after service. Out of the ring, Cena is known for his charitable endeavors Make-A-Wish and his receipt of the Muhammad Ali Legacy Award. It seems that even though busy Hollywood schedule, his philanthropy won't get lost in the shuffle. The Toronto Raptors auctioning off some game-worn shoes from their historic 2019 finals. Some of the biggest names on the Raptors roster offering their shoes to the cause. Kyle Lowry, Danny Green, Serge Ibaka, Fred Van Vliet. Just a few of the names in the charity funds, renovations of local athletic facilities and programs that help kids through sports. Those interested in participating in the event downloaded the Toronto Raptors app, which detailed current bid prices with players' shoes still up for grabs. And the Raptors fans helped to make the charity a big deal by heckling KD in the finals. But now Raptors executives are making a difference in their own communities as well. That's the Power of Sport Minute. We'd like to thank the Reuters guys for putting this podcast together. We would like to thank Abby Warner for donating her expertise and time explaining the tremendous work of the Iwood Summit as it related to the Group 1001 event and the power of sports uh, coverage of it. And we'd like to thank you for listening and watching. And join us next week when we continue to keep score. Thanks for listening to this edition of Keeping Score. Assistance provided by Carlos Swadek. Tanner Simpkins, Reuters Digital, I'm Ricaro. Thanks again for listening. See you next time on Keeping Score.